welcome to What in Tarnation, Tahoe Blog's Hot Take Podcast. On this episode, we're discussing UNC's performance in the ACC tournament and looking ahead to the NCAA tournament. I'm Tanya Anderson, and with me as always are Brandon Anderson and Julius Emanuel. What's up, guys? Not a lot. We got into the tournament. We did it, guys. Yay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that, guys. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I mean, they they did not do enough to uh, what we asked them last time, which was just clear the one seed. <laughs> Didn't do it. Um, that's that. It's fine. It's it's cool. It's fine. Um, but I guess we should start with what they did to end up you know, solidifying the spot that they got. And that was come out in the first game of the ACC tournament, like gangbusters. And I mean, you know, there's not a lot of love, at least on my portion of the fandom for Virginia. Uh, They've kind of had their way with UNC the last several seasons. Uh, So it felt pretty amazing to beat them into the pulp that was a 13-point first half, lowest number of points in an ACC tournament game in the shot clock era. Yeah, it felt good to deliver them one of the losses that they usually give us where it's like you aren't able to put the ball in the basket, basically. Um, 43 points, not great, Bob. Like, and Credit to UNC's defense, of course, but Virginia just could not hit water in the ocean for whatever reason, but I was all the way here for it. It was a good time. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And I will also give credit to UNC's offense in that scenario because far too often over the season, well, and over the past couple couple of seasons too, right, we kind of matched that um, offensive scoring drought, right? So I kind of expected uh, when Virginia was not making shots for us not to make them either. Uh, that is not what happened in the first half uh, of that game, clearly. So, yeah, hats off to the offense for that. I have said that Virginia has a way of dragging you down into whatever they are doing and it's usually a particularly ugly form of basketball and that's how they have been so successful is like they're not going to have a high scoring performance so you're not either but they're better at that than you are so they're going to come out on top and I mean Brady Manick outscored them alone in the first half which was really exciting. And the second half was probably what I would have thought the whole game was going to be sort of ugly wise, like both teams scored 30 points total. Um, It was certainly not very uh, aesthetically pleasing in any way. Um, But the long and short of it is that Carolina did enough in the first half to make up for whatever we watched after halftime. Yeah, I I think um I think Carolina did just enough in the first half to pull out. I, I, Brady Manick was on fire, which thank God because I don't know what we would have done without him because outside of him and Baycott really the offense kind of sputtered around um it was kind of fun seeing Justin McCoy score against them um I think he hit a three I don't know that he's hit a three all season and he did one against Virginia so that was a big plus um Brady had seven field goals in the first half and the rest of the team had five yeah so that speaks to just how good he's been lately and really what happened in the Virginia Tech game but we're not there yet we'll get there but 
um yeah without him i don't know how that would have turned out but i'm glad it turned out wait yeah no i agree um and i mean would we even have had a virginia tech game if carolina had not built up that lead uh, in the first half like they did I probably mean, not uh, yeah I'm, I'm not really confident i'm not confident in saying that we would have but you know and, you know, uh, one one could argue that we didn't really have a Virginia Tech game because um, I, I can't say for sure that Carolina actually showed up for that one, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, especially, yeah, especially not from behind the three-point line. Like, I don't – what happened to that? Everything um, horrible. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I will say that it's one thing for the – the long distance shots to not be going in, but it definitely compounds the issue when you shoot 26 of them and only three go in. (laughs) And 10 of those are from Caleb Love. And 10 of them are from Caleb. Um, No. Are we going to go down that road already? So quickly. (laughs) We got to talk about it. Okay, so... (laughs) I (laughs) just say it. He did not give up. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not the kind of but that's not the kind of confidence. That's not the kind of confidence that you want to see from him, right? Clearly. Um it was was attempting to like put a fist through a brick wall and hoping that if you just like hit it one more time that it would go through and it it was never going to happen. Yeah. And there were a few where he was even trying to show off after having not made one. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) And it doesn't even come close to the rim. Like, stop. No, just no. Yeah. I'm all for confidence. I think there's a difference between confidence and just doing way too much. Like you can be confident, but also you need to realize that at some point what you're doing isn't working and you need to try something else. Um, See, I don't think it was confidence. I think it was frustration. Sometimes those go hand in hand where it's just like, I know this is going to go in at some point. I know this is going to go in at some point, 10 shots later. But, I got two of them to go in. <laughs> but as the leader of your team or the self-identified leader of your team, um, at what point do you stop doing – or what at, at what point do you recognize that something that you're doing is also hurting your team? Like, is there – there's got to be some give and take there, right? I mean, uh, 10? 10. Yeah. Um, and I feel like one of the things that probably kept him from realizing that maybe he should just stop is the fact that he was only one of two players hitting threes. RJ Davis was the only other player that hit a three and he only hit one. I mean, hitting threes is saying not a lot when you're two of 10. It's not, (laughs) but he, he figured somebody had to try and do it. Do you? (laughs) <laughs> i feel like we have to change well, this because we're i i'm going to to be rude at a certain point and yeah. there's no and yeah and this is going to also feed later into my mark my my market concerns but um yeah I don't, I don't know what happened to you yeah we're not you know, i'm not shooting well from the three at the very least let me drive down the lane uh and try to draw a foul because we know we're not finishing at the rim either um but at least let me get uh, draw some contact or something um you know do something something positive not not just chuck up a um three from the parking lot right um going back to the manic thing i definitely feel like that was a major source of the pain he really couldn't get anything going I think another thing outside of three-point shooting is they really locked down Baycott in this game. Um, Whenever he touched the ball in the paint, he was getting double teamed. They were really putting pressure on RJ and Caleb. I think all in all, like 
you just at some point you have to give credit to Virginia Tech. Like I don't buy any stretch of the imagination think UNC played well, but Virginia Tech was just on one. And I don't know that anybody was really meant to stop them in that tournament, if I'm being really honest. I mean, I give a lot of credit to Virginia Tech. They played extremely well. Um, they, when you can get a guy off of your bench to give you 20 points when UNC's bench for the most part of the season has been, I put this in my recap of the game, but unfortunately more of a liability than a boost, um, particularly defensively. And I think we saw that in the Virginia Tech game where Hubert Davis was really resting his starters more than we've seen him do down the stretch here, but it meant more minutes for the bench where we have kind of, we maybe got a a huge look into why some of them haven't been playing more. And some of that at least is defensively, it's just a very stark drop-off from the starters. Yeah. Well, true. And to Brandon's point, uh, what I would say is, while Virginia Tech did do a good job of locking down Baycott, it certainly helped that we were not a threat from the perimeter. Um, I mean, it helped that we were not a threat from anything other than, you know, the paint, really. (laughs) Um, So so, (laughs) I'm just just saying, like, had we been able to open that up a little bit more, um, you know, like we were talking before, clean up one area for them and they would have been in contention for the contention for the win, despite the uh, level of play that, you know, that we saw. Um, So that's the frustrating part for me. It's like, you know, we can, we have the ability to win ugly um, and we still don't like, you know, sometimes clean up your turnovers, what we had 11, Um, someone get going somewhere for some scoring to help out with some points since Manic had his half his total of the UVA game. Uh, but but do something positive uh, to keep us in contention uh, and, and go forward from there. But I probably should not lay that at the feet of this team specifically because I feel like we've been uh, looking at this for a few seasons now. So, yeah, it is what it is at this point. The, the turnovers are – I mean, if you look at what they did in the Duke game where – they barely turned it over at all versus the Virginia Tech game where they gave away 12 points off of turnovers. And that doesn't include the turnovers of awful shots that turn into transition points on the other end. Um, So yeah, it was just, it was sloppy. It, they looked like the far more tired team uh, when Virginia Tech had played an extra game uh, and a, an extra game that had gone to overtime. So it definitely should not have been that. But top to bottom, it was just a struggle and it really didn't feel close at any point. Um, it, they came out and it was just like, oh, it is, uh, it is that, and it is going to continue to be that, huh? Because yeah, it, they never really made much of a game of it. And that was solidified by uh, Virginia Tech coming out uh, and scoring, what was it? The first nine points of the second half and really just pouring it on from there. But yeah. Uh Honestly, if I didn't know any better for the way that it started, especially after the way that they played against UVA, I would say, like, the optimistic UNC fan and me would say, oh, we're just doing the Rory thing where we made the semis and, you know, the rest of it doesn't matter. We're going to go get ready for the big dance. Um, now, do I actually think that's what they were doing? I don't know. I don't Let's think go so. With that. <laughs> that will make us all sleep a little better <laughs> at night if we, if we think that's that's my optimistic Tar Heel fan uh, take for you. Yeah. My take probably leans somewhere towards they're not meant to play two games in a row. 
the way that Hubert has played the starters for 30 plus minutes a game, basically close to 40, like for most of the starters, um, it wasn't so bad during this tournament because I know there were some players that actually got to rest, but I think all in all, like the way that they, this season has progressed and getting into the tournament and having to play back-to-back games, like I just don't feel like they're built for that. The good news is the NCAA tournament is designed a little different. So one day of difference, which I don't feel like that's enough. I mean, maybe it's enough time to soak your legs for about 24 hours. We will. uh... (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All that, all that being said, Virginia tech had an amazing tournament. Um, The most hilarious part of it to me is that uh, losing to Virginia Tech gave Carolina another quad one win. Two quad (laughs) one wins. Two additional quad one wins, which is just, I don't think it should work that way, but I'm very happy it works that way because it's extremely entertaining. And not only did it give us two quad one wins, it gave Duke nothing. They got nothing out of that deal because they just took an L in the ACC tournament where they, because we know that ACC regular season titles don't count for them. So and they're going to count this year. They're going to count this year oh, yeah. because otherwise they it's have. The only, yeah. I was about to say, it's the only thing they have in, in coach days last season. Like, he was denied <laughs> a home finale win, denied a, a finale ACC tournament title, like I said, the, to complete the trifecta, the only thing I need to do is lose to Murray State. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that the silver lining to everything was depriving Duke of a chance to end things on a better note. Um, so for that, I I slept just fine. Um. We all saw Ben Caro um, after Duke's game say that he wanted UNC and UNC was just like, no, thank you so much. And <laughs> <laughs> bowed out, um, which, you know, honestly, that's that's a vibe that I understand and, and support because I, I did not need it to end any differently than it did. So I think things were just fine the way they were. Yeah, and there were some people on Twitter that were even saying that they would be comfortable like losing our next two or something just to avoid you know having to play Duke again. And I was like, okay, you guys do know we have a game. You can't lose the next two because if you do, that's going to be the ACC tournament and the first round of the NCAA tournament, right? Uh, but we could win one, lose one, and then win one. That that would work and still deny um, Duke their stuff. But I was like, when I saw Paolo's thing, his uh, he wanted UNC. Some people were saying that they respected it, and I'm going, um, the literally the only reason, especially after like some of the comments that he made earlier in the season calling UNC saw, uh, is because <laughs> they actually went into Durham um, and celebrated your coach in a way that you couldn't. So, Respect's got nothing to do with it, baby, because, um, no, they just wanted to be less salty. And um, <laughs> I personally think that they should just have to die mad. So... Um, I, I, in this instance and perhaps this instance only stay tuned, don't know what the future holds, but I, I was very not that upset about that. One downside to being a one and done, which they have at least a couple of those is you don't get to run this back next year. I don't have to see him anymore. I don't have to (laughs) worry about paolo's revenge game or whatever like it doesn't exist so no um i'm 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 very okay with that particularly um yeah it, it was the most go acc that i've been since clemson played notre dame in 2020 yeah yeah that sounds about right um so with that uh like we mentioned at the top UNC did not clear the one seed, which meant that they were stuck in the 8-9 game for the NCAA tournament, 
facing off against Marquette on Thursday. Um, how do we feel about the draw for UNC? Obviously, uh, Baylor is the one seed in that region. Um, Baylor, I mean, am, am I wrong to say that based on Baylor's injuries and all of that, they may be the one seed that you would want in in all of this if i mean you never want the one seed obviously we 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 very much wanted to not have that right but, um if you have to have one looking at the other people i feel like baylor's probably the one that you're at least like i would rather take my chances with them versus kansas yeah that's definitely the one that you want um their leading score is injured um they had a top 50 freshman that never made it into the season um they're also a little undersized so we like that so i feel like all in all it was a good draw for unc baylor can still win don't get me wrong like they can still mop the floor with us if they really want to um or if unc doesn't want to win but I feel like that is the number one seed that you want because you don't want Kansas for sure. You definitely don't want Gonzaga. And I would imagine you don't want Arizona. I haven't seen much of Arizona play this season, but I'm just going to go on a limb and say, you don't want Arizona. So <laughs> I, I feel like Baylor's probably who you want. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I feel like it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I also agree. Uh, I mean, we have to get to that game, obviously. Yes. Um, which we need to, you know, talk about the Marquette game before that. But yes, if you had to choose a one seed, uh, Baylor would be the one. Uh, assuming that that third guard that's been injured for the past, you know, six weeks is also still out. Um, and I think one of the things I was looking at some uh, some stuff about our region. I think one of the things um, that their injuries have forced them to do recently uh, was play a tighter rotation, which we're not used to. Uh, so they played it in the Big 12 tournament and lost to Oklahoma, who's not even in the field, right? Um, we also played that tight rotation, but, um, well, before the Virginia Tech game, I would have said, um, you know, we were a little more used to it. I don't know if the game in between uh, Marquette and Baylor theoretically would do anything. Uh, assuming we win that first one but yeah I it's weird you know to it's weird to actually say that you feel better about the uh, number one the one seed game uh, as opposed to your opening round game and actually mean it but that's actually the truth for for this one I think the thing with Marquette is they have had a wild season they have beaten Illinois Providence Seton Hall twice and Villanova twice. Those are some really big games, some really big wins, but they also lost to DePaul. Yeah. And that was near the end of the season. So it kind of feels like they're on a little bit of a downslope. I don't know how much truth there is to that or not. I only have the information that's provided to us. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. And just the wins against Villanova make me nervous. I feel like Illinois has a um, has a habit of having these games kind of like us where they just don't show up. Villanova consistently shows up for their games, I feel like, for the most part. And so sweeping them in the season, that is no little feat by any stretch of the imagination. And to me, it it really checks out because Marquette is now the current owner of shaka smart devil magic uh. like <laughs> i don't really know how to put it other than that guy has some kind of juju or uh whatever it is that turns i mean obviously things didn't go well for him overall at texas but they went really well against UNC. Yeah. So, you know, um, there's that. I, 
I don't know. I don't know what to think of Marquette. Obviously, our last experience with Marquette was a poor one. It was a different team. It was a different coach. Um, but I don't trust it. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I, I am legitimately concerned about this. And it's, it's probably because, again, you know, when you're looking at their style of play, they play physical and they'll turn you over. And um, consistently over the season, what has UNC struggled with? Um, you know, physicality, playing through phys- playing through physicality, um, and, and not and not turning it over. Uh, but I think one of the if we can get by that, one of the uh, advantages that we have is that Marquette is also undersized. Um, they don't have anyone that can match up with uh, Baycott, and I don't think they have anyone actually that really matches up with Manic either. Uh, that well um so assuming we can get some offensive production there um and, and take care of the ball we we should be we should be good but yeah i could i could definitely see a loss in, in this uh opening round game yeah and um one thing that i discovered earlier today when i was working on an article is that that the players that have the most minutes on that team a lot of them are freshmen I think for a freshman, they have a junior that gets quite a few minutes. And I think a senior that gets quite a few minutes. Um, outside of that, there's players that definitely play, but they don't play much. So a lot of their scoring production and just overall, I guess, floor time come. It's a pretty young team, um, mostly because Dawson Garcia and Theo John left. So. Thank you, Theo, John, and Dawson Garcia for (laughs) gifting us this opportunity to take advantage of a team that is basically a rebuild team for Shaka Smart. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, that's that's definitely a thing. Um, I feel like we will know very early what is going to happen because I feel like what has happened recently is one of two things. Carolina comes out and they look like they are extremely invested and shots are falling and they're on it and they have intensity defensively as well. Or they come out, look kind of like everyone did after we switched the clock Saturday night and the other team punches them one or two good times in the first five minutes and everything just starts to look frustrated and rushed and desperate and it snowballs. So, I mean, I hope that that's not something that we have to worry about because my goodness, if you, if you can't get up for, the first game of, of the NCAA tournament, when when can you get up? Um, but I just, question. <laughs> questions we'd love to know the answer to. Um, but I just feel like recently it has been very evident, very early, which version of the team we're getting on a given night. And um, it doesn't seem to vary a whole lot from like, almost like you could watch the first 10 minutes and predict the final 30. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and for, at least for me, um, when filling out my bracket, that's the frustrating part with, uh, with Carolina being in that eight, nine matchup here, because I really do feel like if they could get out of the, if they could win the opening uh, round game, they've got a decent shot against uh, Baylor and I could see them getting to the sweet 16 um could see it but again uh and, and it's not like you know magical elves and dominoes need to fall in the right place for that to happen like they just need to play um the way that we have seen them play and know that they can play uh, to be able to do it now i don't know what happens after the sweet 16 because you'll probably run into um ucla but uh sweet a, a sweet 16 birth in uh your first season as head coach i mean could you ask for much better than that, considering the, how the season has gone? I feel like you take that all day, every day, honestly. 
And we know that they are capable of playing like a team deserving of the Sweet 16. And I think that's also what makes it so frustrating is because we have seen them play like they did in Durham or in the first half of the Virginia game, granted against lesser competition, but, you know, they have it in them. It just has to come out. And I think that's what makes them so hard to predict. It, what It's what makes them frustrating to watch because you know they are capable of better than what they show at times. Um, and it, it seems sort of like lazy analysis, but I think it's very true that it's just like, which version of Carolina shows up because that heavily factors into whether I think they have a shot or not. Right. And this is going to sound like petty Carolina fan, just going back to the Duke game, just for the sake of going back to the Duke game. That's not what I'm doing, but I think the Duke game was very important in showing us what this team is actually capable of, despite coach K saying that he felt like, the team was disappointing and whatever else he wanted to say to downplay the Tar Heels beating the crap out of them. The Tar Heels beat the crap out of them. And Duke is really good. I mean, they definitely had had a little better games than they did against us. But I mean, I feel like when I was watching the way that the Heels dealt with them, I feel confident in saying what they did to Duke had more to do them with the win than what Duke did to themselves. So like in saying that, there's not all, there's not many teams on this part of the bracket that UNC can't beat. The one that makes me nervous is Kentucky. Um, We were really close to beating Purdue. The only problem with the Purdue situation is Dawson Garcia was a lot of the reason why we almost beat them. And he's not here now. So I don't know. I feel like, yeah, they just have to show up. It's not a lack of can they. It's definitely a will they situation. And, you know, we, we've we talked about this before, but the familiar refrain after the head-scratching losses was we didn't take them seriously enough. We didn't take them seriously enough. We just thought we could roll the ball out and win. I would probably walk out into traffic on I-40 if we had to hear that about a game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah, and I need to be a performance coach, an, an athletic, an athlete's performance coach, or at least talk to them because I just don't understand. Um, I don't understand how that's possible. Um, you know, not take away the fact that you're wearing a Carolina uniform. Um, I mean, technically, you're, you're playing a game that you love, right? Um, against someone that you know wants to win against you. I just don't understand how you don't get up for it consistently. Like, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you need to play every game like you are needing to prove something um well that's a personnel thing isn't it like it, it really is it's the difference between like the tyler hansbros of the world who would rather walk through the desert without water than lose and joel berry who punched a <laughs> hole in a wall over a video game joel berry who like all it took was someone saying the wrong thing and he hulked out and and turned into just like an absolute monster um michael jordan who's just competitive at breakfast but throw brady throw brady manic in there like i just yeah. don't understand how you know brady comes in and he's out of you know an argument could be made for the number one guy uh from a motivational standpoint uh but definitely uh either on par or just behind armando right uh, from 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 the play, like and he'll tell you, like he came to Carolina to play in a Carolina uniform and to play in these big games. And it's like, okay, but the rest of your teammates don't seem to emulate that on the court. So how did you, who 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 hasn't even been here a full season yet, get to this point? As opposed to some of the other guys that have been here for more than one season, it's like 
that's the frustrating part for me. And I'm glad you said that because one thing that we've kind of contemplated as the season has progressed is like who the leader of this team is. I feel like this whole time it should have been manic. I don't know that he is like, it's something. I don't know that it should have been because he is the new guy. Right. So I don't know that it was like, Hey manic, like be our leader. Like, I don't know that it should have been that, but I think it, became that yes um for better or worse and you know the fact that it kind of did i think is more of a lack of other options thing than anything else one i think it's just also he has the most want to on this team but why (laughs) i don't know i couldn't i couldn't tell you that but it's just like even when he's playing bad he's playing hard and I think that's all you could really ask for of your guys. And for whatever reason, he feels like sometimes he's the only one doing it. Yeah. And you'll have people come up and say, oh, he's doing it because, you know, he's a veteran and he was at Oklahoma and played in big games. But no offense to Oklahoma basketball, but uh, the games that you play in Oklahoma are not going to be the same games that you can play in, uh, in a UNC uniform. You know, sorry. But I don't even think it's his veteran status, right? Immediately him coming in, he was like, it was as if he had always been a Carolina fan, right? And that yeah. coupled with his competitive nature, uh, at least, you know, at least on the court, it just I really wish um, some of his some of his teammates would would take a um, page out of his book and, and yeah. kind of emulate that. We, we'd be a much better team for it. Yeah. All of that being said. What are your predictions for what lies ahead? <laughs> uh, Julius, you should go first. <laughs> I don't want to jinx anyone, but I, mean, I, I, guess, I guess technically I already did. I see a uh, sweet 16 matchup with UCLA. Okay. Okay. Um, I give UNC the first game of like strong effort they'll I, I feel good about them beating Marquette something's going to happen against Baylor I don't know what I haven't figured it out yet but I feel like something's going to happen against Baylor and that's going to cut their trip short but I think the same thing that might happen against Baylor or, or might happen against us against Baylor is also going to happen to Baylor against us Especially if you saw them play Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good point because I did see the box score on that, and I was like, oh, this is – um, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> so I can always – you know, I guess because we're familiar with it, I don't know, I'm choosing <laughs> the ball to land on Carolina's side. But <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Tanya? I know nobody can see her, but her brain looks like it's about to explode because she she doesn't really know. No, I know, but there's like what I want to happen and what I think could happen and what I worry will happen. Oh, I think we all have the same worry. Yeah. (laughs) Like, can this team beat Marquette? Yes. Will they? <laughs> um, it, it's it's hard to say for all the reasons that we have listed. Um, I fear that they will beat themselves more than anything, and it will it will go poorly in the first game. I want to be wrong. I so badly want to be wrong, and I will fully admit that that could not be what happens it's just an ugly nagging feeling that i have after watching the virginia tech game and a few games before that yes but particularly the la- the last one sticking out in my mind um like i i honestly just hope that they were throwing that on purpose to avoid giving duke uh, another 
chance to run it back because that would make me feel a lot better about their chances um, than having that be real. Well, and, you know, to your point, I will say this, that if we cannot get up for an NCAA tournament game, um, if we can't get up for the first game and we can't play like we um, should be playing, then we deserve to be at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Um, and, and I know that my answer is, is a cop-out because it, it's – I could see it going this way, but also this way. Um, I think the way that the offense played against Virginia Tech scares the bejesus out of me. Um, and I just hope that enough shots fall against – a team that they very much can beat on paper, but for all the reasons that Julius mentioned, like Carolina has not done well with physicality. They have not done well turning the ball over unforced, much less forced. Um, And all those things make me extremely worried about what happens on Thursday, but uh, they absolutely can win if they if they come out and and have the intensity that we saw in the Duke game, I think not only can they beat Marquette, but I, I think that they can beat Baylor. Um, it just depends on which version of them takes the court. And I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so yeah. much. So I'll leave you with a little nugget. Um, assuming we can get past Marquette, they win against Marquette. No one seed has ever won the won the uh, title after losing their quarterfinals game in their conference tournament. Interesting. Well, I I, um, I don't think we have to worry about Baylor uh, running it back uh, again this season because. <laughs> um, uh. But I mean, why not UNC to be the one to knock them out if if the dominoes fall correctly? Um, and I would absolutely die if UNC made it further than Duke did. Davidson's going to do the thing. They're going to do it. And I, I am putting all of my eggs in that basket. Um, (laughs) Davidson's going to do it. It's funny because there's been a lot of talk of like, oh, Duke could play Michigan state for the hundred millionth time. And I'm like, no, Davidson's probably going to be Michigan State. Let's just keep it a buck. I trust Davidson way more than Michigan State. And I cannot wait for the like that game to potentially happen. Yeah, I just need an early, an early exit from Maju. Yeah. I think we all need that. I think ultimate goal, they cannot win the championship. Secondary goal, they can't even make it to the final four. But then, like, skip over the second weekend thing. Like, just just get knocked out the first weekend. I need yeah, let's, just, let's just go ahead and get it over with. Um, put a nice, shiny red bow on this curtain call and, and call it a day. It's certainly a bow on <laughs> the, uh, the final game at home, the ACC tournament, basically, in your second home um i it would it would be some beautiful poetic justice to uh have someone like like davidson uh come along and join us in crashing crashing this party i was i was was saying i might make a banner for that (laughs) (laughs) one thing that i just thought about because this week's news cycle of Tom Brady coming out of retirement triggered no, me beyond no. belief. No, no, hear me out because it's actually a good thing. Um, they already hired John Shire as a head coach. So he can't come back either. Yes, he could. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, this deci- would take him back. If he decided, <laughs> it, like, hey, guys, I, I actually decided I wanted to do this again. They would put John Shire out at the curb like he was Tuesday's <laughs> trash in a heartbeat. I mean, like technically they should anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's another story. Like, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because 
So Coach K is seemingly has made like this, these disastrous sequence of choices, right? So he calls his own curtain call. <laughs> now he's he's one loss away from like this historic trifecta. And then you choose like the CEO of should be Nike um, to hold up your legacy and follow in your footsteps. Like, dude, what are you doing? Um, you know, when, when clearly, you know, you know who the Duke administration wanted. So it's like, Coach K, what are you doing? What are you doing, buddy? What's going on? What's going on over there? This, this man, I just can't wait for him to be gone. That's why you got to go out at the end of a season and just cut it because it's too easy to be made fun of if you go out down tremendously like this and <laughs> if if they lose early in this oh man i it's, i will weep especially joy. given that people already don't like you right and then it's an end it's on an individual game basis anyway so like yeah like teams are going to get up even more so to be able to crash your party uh, so to speak, yeah. He should have caught it. He should have joined Rory and caught it quits. Now, I don't know. Maybe he did. And Rory pulled the card out before he did. And Coach K was like, "Man, now I gotta like go through the year." Yeah. <laughs> you know that he's enjoyed all of this. He has like lapped it up. It has sustained his cold, dead soul. <laughs> he has loved it. He had like an ember in his soul, a little bit of warmth. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I've been to graduation speeches shorter than that Coach K speech, and that's saying something. But that was glorious, though. This is unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> please be quiet. Please, please. please be quiet. Please be quiet. <laughs> They're like, I paid a million dollars to be here, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> let me talk (laughs) Uh, good times but just looking forward beyond here like can you just imagine a coach k free college basketball world like i long for it personally i can't even believe it until it actually happens and even then i might not believe it for a few months because he still might pop up being like top of the morning top of the morning top. it's just like no but realistically like it's going to be weird espn is going to be confused we're going to be confused it's just going to be weird he's going to do like the white he's going to like join twitter and do like the white background black type font i'm back okay <laughs> And we're all just going to have to quit this entire thing because I refuse. I will not. I, I hope he just actually reveals his burner account because you know he has one. Oh, yeah. He absolutely does. There needs to be Twitter. Twitter investigators find everything else out. I'm, I am so surprised they have not identified uh, which account this is. But... Yeah. It's got to be whatever account says something to the nature of Coach K should strip them of their Duke attire for the week for their travesty of a basketball performance. It's actually whichever UNC fans were upset about the student section chanting during the game in Chapel Hill. One of those is Shashansky's burner account. And some of them are still mad about that. (laughs) That's where you need to start. That's where you should begin your digging is, is those people. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that would be something like state fans would do. Cause they definitely did that back when <laughs> that whenever the uh, notice of allegations um, were sent. Right. There were a few accounts like, what was it like the truth about UNC and UNC blue or whatever. They're like, UNC yeah, we're just going to, we're going to give you the unbiased truth. And I'm like, yeah, but you just followed like 20 NC State accounts. <laughs> we can see you. <laughs> the cat, the, the cat Williams. Uh, <laughs> you know we can see you. <laughs> I look because I was like, here we go with another new UNC account. I'm looking, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so you followed like four UNC accounts and then 20 NC State accounts. That's not how that works. 
It's not. It's not. They had like the Ramsey's head on, and they could only leave it on for a second before like ripping it off to reveal <laughs> the wolf. I mean, for a little while there, I thought it might have been uh, Debbie Yao. So no. can't know that it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Truly, she's a uh, special on Twitter. <laughs> we beat Syracuse. Like, what, what's oh, wrong Auburn. with you? Auburn. Yeah. No, you remember that? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they weren't even in the tournament either. <laughs> I was Congratulations, like... Deborah, from the couch. Like, <sighs> uh, you also beat everyone else home because you started there. <laughs> so, speaking of being down bad, um, I sent Brandon a message. There was a tweet from the Louisville writer that I had gotten on earlier in the season after our game. Where they were talking about, you know, they wanted to go back to the Big East, and I was like, bye. Um, so <laughs> he's, he's, I, I don't, first of all, prior Big East teams, like you threatening to like go back to the Big East is not a threat. We're all like, no, stop, don't, <laughs> don't go back, back to go. the Big East, just go. Like, nobody cares, literally. Cares. And take Notre Dame with you while we're at it, like, uh, Notre Dame basketball. Um, but <laughs> what if we and our stripper problem leave the ACC? It's like y'all have been nothing but trouble since you came here. Please go back. We don't care. That's who that Taylor Swift song was about. <laughs> we knew they were trouble just, when they walked in. I just felt I needed to throw that out there because there was uh Louisville earlier in the season and there was Syracuse like last week, and I'm like, this these are not threats, these are kind of like promises do you want <laughs> but, us to help you because like i'll make some calls <laughs> if they want to take you back i don't think they do yeah. which is the thing but yeah, i was like i don't think you'd have anywhere to go except for like missouri valley but whatever maybe um, louisville can become a jesuit school and and <laughs> the stripper will really be a problem if they try to become a jesuit school Oh, there! I, I had a joke, but I'm not gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there was Card Carnival on Twitter. He put out that um, he's he was saying something about like maybe he was old school, but he was not tracking. He didn't care like who the new coach was or whatever the new men's basketball coach. And I was like, how did y'all go from competing for championships to now? I don't care who the new the, the next coach is. Like, really? It's like UNC it. fans have been had been preparing for the next coach ten years ago. I think they're just broken. Like they are very broken. Patino, uh, Patino broke them. Just all of the various shenanigans within the athletics program. Uh, he's probably just apathetic to the point where he's just like, just put a product out on the court and don't get in trouble. <laughs> Stop embarrassing the university. Right. <laughs> they cannot and they will not. <laughs> Also, a shout out to uh, the Diamond Hills, UNC baseball, now number 15. They're 15 and 2 on the season, won their first uh, ACC series over the weekend. And NC State baseball is down bad. Oh, you love to hear it. You yeah. love to see it. It is, I was, I was very surprised. Yeah, they got swept by Notre Dame over the weekend, too. So, um, yeah, things are not going well in Raleigh. They still have their um, fake. <laughs> college world series <laughs> that's what happened i was trying to figure out like what happened i was like how did nc state get off to like this such a bad start and that's exactly what happened see sports Commer will come back and get you <laughs> i forgot about the fake college world series oh yep. my god there was a virginia tech fan uh in a group chat that i was in and he was talking about Someone had posted about how Virginia Tech and um, NC State, they were like the lowest seeds to ever win the ACC tournament. And someone said, uh, who's surprised by this? And I was like, I'm not because you guys are the same. The only difference is I don't think you claim a College World Series title that you never played for uh, unless I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be like UNC – which they would never do, let me just be clear, but it would be like UNC hanging a banner for the 2020 NCAA tournament. It's oh like, my God. you can't Ooh. prove anything. 
<laughs> or what about hanging a banner for the 2015 college football playoff that we almost made? There yeah. Go. There you go. Yep. That nailed it. <sighs> Those chickens coming home to roost is pretty funny. <laughs> Enjoy your fake uh, consolation prize. Yeah. Enjoy it. Hope that's all you ever have. <laughs> Hope you got that t-shirt framed. Uh, yeah. And that it never breaks. It's like the t-shirt <clears throat> that they send off after they, uh, when they make both of them before a championship and then the losing one gets sent to like some far corner of the world. <laughs> that's where all those um, NC State College World <laughs> Series shirts went. There are children somewhere in Djibouti wearing... <laughs> NC State College World Series t-shirts and they all think that you know the Wolfpack are just amazing not the not the booty yeah, I mean kind of consider that one out yeah probably considering that they've never seen NC State on a t-shirt before it's like oh this is a new school exactly yeah they, they are thrilled they're mm-hmm. children in Djibouti suddenly huge Wolfpack fans because it's all they know and they only know it because they don't figure out the wolf fingers. <laughs> I think we should probably go before, before this devolves any further. To all the listeners, just play this back whenever UNC loses, just for a good laugh, if nothing else. I mean, it, it's fun. Yeah. I definitely but... think we should do like a hate podcast like over the summer. Yes. I still want to do a mock funeral for Coach K and just everything. So we can get into it all. We could get into John Shire inevitably being horrible when he takes over. Well, Uh, okay. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be horrible as it stands like within the realm of like ACC coaches. Right. Um, I think he'll be Kevin Keats, which, I mean, I guess that will be horrible. But uh, (laughs) compared to Keats is. It won't be on par with what Duke fans are used to by the time they tune into the season, right? So by the time they tune in, you're already three quarters of the way through. Um, you know, because they typically only watch like the Kentucky game or the Kansas, the early season matchups. And they're like, oh, basketball season starts at the end of February kind of thing. Um, so they will have they'll you know look at their record and it'll be on the like 12 and 11. I mean, 19 and 11 or, you know, 20 or something like that. And they're like, what happened? Like, you know, we're not top 25 or top 10. Like this, they're just get, they're going to get into to games that they're not um, familiar with by the time they start watching and it's going to be a shock to them. So yeah. I, just, I just need someone at some point to declare that John Shire is a winner. And we will know at that point that we have reached the pinnacle because it's all downhill from there. I have the perfect meme for him for, for whenever he does crash and burn next season is using the MJ quote with the Nike thing at the bottom. Since I do call him the CEO, it says, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, F them kids. <laughs> <laughs> I already created it, so I'm just waiting <laughs> for next season. Locked and loaded. <laughs> to be able to use it. <laughs> oh, some tells me you're going to be able to use that very soon. I just, I'm telling you, I have a feeling. I might do one for Coach K for when they lose in a tournament. I still haven't decided <laughs> what. <laughs> I still hadn't decided what I was going to use for his meme. Like, I think, like, the best one I ever did was the uh, straight out of Compton thing where I had Grayson Allen on the front, and it says straight out of the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will be eager to see what you come up with. I'm sure it will be very fitting, and we will all have a good laugh. But we will be back to chat about whatever happens in – the next several days um and hopefully it will be to talk about more basketball but if not um we'll have a nice little going away party for the season that was and 
maybe not the one that we deserved, but problems for another time. <laughs> yes. In the meantime, you can catch Brandon at THB Brandon. You can find Julius at UNC underscore Tar Heel fan. And I am at Tanya underscore underscore Anderson. Until next time, go Heels. Go Heels. Go Heels. <laughs>